You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. The Team Talk, Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser. Another couple of hours and then uh, coverage of tonight's New Mexico United game at Sac Republic. Joining us now is the head football coach at the University of New Mexico, Coach Danny Gonzalez. So we're having fun with the the distance it was from Albuquerque to Amherst, Massachusetts yesterday on True or False Tuesday, Coach. So I got to ask you, I mean, it's like 2,100 miles. If you wanted to drive, it's like a day and seven hours. Have you ever traveled, and I know you were at San Diego State, which is a a coast team, uh, and then Arizona State, of course, Southwest. Have you ever traveled this far as a football coach to play a game so uh, i mean obviously the the trip to hawaii is really far yeah we've gone there yeah well, let's uh, put gone. that one aside yeah i know that okay. i I, pre- I should have thought of that so well that, then, like in the continental united states i should have said coach. Yep, when i was at san diego state we played at west point in upstate new york Sweet. Uh, that was a long trip from san diego to west point and then when i was here before we flew to uh both central florida and north carolina state which is Pretty far, not quite as far as Amherst, but the longest one I would have been on would be San Diego to uh, to West Point. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, man, that wow. brings back memories. That NC State game—that's when uh, Philip Rivers was their quarterback, correct? And then wasn't that Dante Culpepper that when you went to the other Central Florida, whatever? Is, am I right there, Coach? Or is my you memory? are right? That's a that's a good memory. No, Philip Rivers. I mean, we played a hell of a football game. Uh, was fourteen fourteen with about twelve minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And they ran off three touchdowns, and he ended up beating us 34-14. to 14. But we played really well that one day. A young man by the name of Daniel Kegler, who still lives here in town, he uh, they couldn't block him. He got to Phillip Rivers four or five times on the night. Uh, but Phillip Rivers came through in the fourth quarter. It was a double pass that opened up the game that gave them a one-touchdown lead, and, and they kind of took off from there. That's right. They they had a little trickeration in there. So with with a trip of, of this uh, length, all right, like, I don't. I don't know what time did you uh, like board the plane to go to A and Are you you're leaving Friday? I'm assuming to go to Amherst. Is that correct? We are. Uh, we will leave Friday at 10 a.m. Typically, we try to fly in the afternoon to give them a chance to go to school on Friday and leave around three o'clock. But we'll leave at 10 o'clock. It's a four and a half hour flight, which is I was surprised that they said it was four hours and it's actually four hours and 18 minutes. Uh, we won't have to stop. Uh, for fuel, which is a good thing, uh, from what I've been told, we'll go straight through. And we're actually staying in Connecticut, about 45 minutes away from the stadium, because there was some something else going on in all the Amherst hotels. So okay. we will uh, do our little walkthroughs and stuff there, and then head to the stadium midday, mid morning on uh, Saturday to play a 3:30 game. All right. Well, uh, obviously an important game. Real quick, let's uh, just go back to Saturday night um, against New Mexico State. Couldn't have scripted a better start on the first two drives. The only thing uh, I guess you could have scripted were uh, to come away with 14 points. And I mean, it's hard to look back and say this play, this play, or this play, but you know, you know, at the end of the first quarter, it was three nothing Lobos, and a lot of people thought it, it could have been 14 to nothing very easily, Coach. Should have probably been worse than that. I mean, we had an opportunity. We missed a glance route on the first one after we got sacked down the red zone, so give them credit for for making that play and held us to three as opposed to getting the seven. So there was four points we lost right there. And then the very next possession, we have an opportunity at a pick six that kind of goes through our hands. It would have been a great play. Uh, He didn't have it clean on his hands, but he had an opportunity, which would have put it up 10-0. 
And then we fumbled going in at the nine-yard line. Uh, that one that one really hurts because you can't turn the ball over and give up possessions, especially when you're in the red zone. We were three of five uh, in the red zone because we fumbled that ball, and then we missed the field goal at the end uh, to give us a chance to try and get the onside. So those those missed opportunities were 18, possibly 21 points, and we lost by 10. I mean, we would have uh, had a lot better chance, obviously, um, had we put those in. But those are the five or six plays, and then you can't give up one play touchdowns for 75 yards when you cut the lead to three. So, I mean, we've got to obviously get better at safety uh, covering routes because we're going to play man coverage, and then we got to take care of the football. Yeah, well, um, I was going to ask you, you know, the uh, a lot of excitement about, you know, Dylan Hopkins and uh, the offense. Um, it, you know, it's going to take time, obviously, uh, to develop uh, tempo because uh, although he and Coach Vincent had worked together, there's – a lot of other guys that had not, and um, so I'm curious. I think I talked with you before the A and M game about tempo, and you, I think, were frank about the fact that in a lot of cases you would take the the play clock inside ten uh, ten seconds. I mean, uh, anybody would want to shorten the game in a situation like that. Typically, at what pace do you want to go at? Where you know, I know it varies based on you know different things like who they have in personnel or whatever. But generally speaking, at what you know, where do you want to to be snapping the ball uh, where the play clock is, Coach? I hopefully that made sense to you. No, it, it does, and and uh, really, uh, we're, depending on the situation and time of the game. Obviously, we should have went a little bit faster towards the end of the game. Uh, Giving New Mexico State credit for they were they were giving us chunk yards, but not big plays over the top when we needed two scores, which is smart football. I mean, it's that old prevent. Sometimes it prevents you from winning. It didn't for them on Saturday. But a typical uh, typical game situation where you're not worried about the score or the time, I mean, we'll, we'll probably snap the ball anywhere from 15 to 5 seconds, depending on what we're trying to see and what we're trying to, who we're trying to get in the game. Gotcha. Now, New Mexico State did a good job, um, and I thought the referees did a terrible job of the substitution on Saturday. So usually the typical rule is, and we have so many personnel groups, if you substitute under 17 seconds, there's a really good chance that you're going to get a delay of game penalty because the defense gets the opportunity to sub, and they are not forced to run those guys on the field full speed. Uh, we were subbing very easily with 20, 21 seconds to go on the clock, on the play clock, and the referees were holding the ball. You can see the center judge holding the ball. Well, that should be a delay of game on the, on the defense. And I had to burn a timeout in the second half when that was going on because of the, the reason for them, of them not calling it. And then they came over to the sideline and said, Coach, we should have called a penalty. I'm like, well, you just wasted one of my timeouts with the pretty gold around here. So they did a good job of that. They got away with it. Uh, but typically you'd be about 15 to anywhere from 15 to 10 seconds on a normal uh, snap count. Okay, that's interesting with regard to the substitutions. And so if you make a substitution with 17 or less seconds on the play clock, then they can call it kind of lollygag into the game, and it really stretches things out with regard to that time clock. So, if you do it before the 17 seconds on the uh, on the play clock, like you said you were doing, uh, you know, even like 20 seconds or whatever. So, the delay a game would have been uh, the per- perception of the official that they weren't doing a good job of adequately hustling to get onto the field to play the the next play. Is that what you're saying? Correct. That's exactly correct. They have they have to get off the field in a timely fashion. Okay. And they were taking more time than they were allowed to, and the referees weren't doing anything about it. I mean, they warned them. But they didn't. Uh, they cost us the timeout. 
All right, let's talk a little bit about the Minutemen, more than just the fact that it's going to be uh, 2,100. That doesn't sound bad to me either, Coach. Four and a half hours. I mean, that uh, that could, it seems like a, a lot worse could happen going that far, uh, but the nonstop obviously helps. So uh, I watched a little bit of uh, UMass against New Mexico State and a lot of talk about their starting quarterback in that game against New Mexico State. I uh, His name, T- uh, Tyson Fume, uh, Fum, uh, help me with this. Omicron. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, um, and and he's a guy that at a high school was recruited by Clemson, and then like uh, ended up at Georgia Tech. Now he's at UMass. But I see that uh, Carlos Davis has been getting most of the reps at quarterback. Um, is he injured, or what do you ex- is do you expect him to to be available on Saturday? Just because he's got kind of an interesting background. He does. I, I have no idea if Tyson's going to be available to play. They've done a good job keeping it close to the breast every Monday. They talk about uh, it's early in the week, and we'll see. Um, it is a, a peculiar-looking name. I mean, he spells his first name T-A-I-S-O-N, uh, being Tyson, and then Famicom. The only reason I know how to pronounce that is we tried to get him to come here when he was leaving Clemson and went to Georgia Tech. Interesting. Uh, we recruited him, had great conversations. He's a young man from Connecticut. He just didn't want to come all the way across the country, and then he found his way to UMass. Played very well against New Mexico State, was playing well early in the game against Auburn, and then he took a pretty good lick to the uh, right above the knee. Um, I'm not sure how serious it is. I'm not sure if he'll be done for the year or if he'll be back for our game. Right. I don't know. Uh, but Carlos Davis is a big old joker that can throw the ball. He's thrown it very well uh, for over 300 yards in two of his three games. And uh, that's, I mean, we're preparing to play either one of them because they're a little bit different. Tyson is more of a running quarterback that likes to throw it, and Carlos likes to sit in the pocket and throw it. So we're trying to prepare as if both of them are going to play and see who we get on Saturday. Yeah, and, you know, for people that just hear, uh, you know, bits and pieces and stuff about uh, the Minutemen, you know, and how they might be one of the worst teams. In the, well, they, they sure haven't played that way uh, to this point. You know, they get the win in Las Cruces, so they had to come there 2,200 miles or whatever. Uh, they play Auburn. Okay, let's give them that. Uh, but then, you know, the loss uh, to Miami of Ohio there in Amherst, uh, that was a, a, a nip and tuck game with 11 minutes to go. They were only down three points, and Miami of Ohio has is, is beaten... Um, uh, Cincinnati, uh, you know, so that pretty competent opponent. And then last week, the Minutemen played at Eastern Wash or Eastern Michigan and got beat on a hail mary. So uh, this team very competitive, and obviously, you guys are focused in on that too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there we've got two very similar teams, uh, us and, uh, and UMass. I mean, this is uh, you talked about the Miami Ohio game. We actually got in a hole twenty one zero. Fought their way back. They cut it to 31-28 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And lo and behold, the very first play of the next drive, they give up a 70-yard touchdown over the top on a pass play. Very similar to what happened to us Saturday against New Mexico State. So we've had, uh, we're, we're kind of on a similar path. It's two teams that I think are, are much improved from last year football teams. Uh, they've played some good, good opponents. They've played some good football. They've made mistakes that have killed them in inopportune times. Uh, so both of these teams are excited to compete against each other. Don Brown, who was the D.C. at Michigan, D.C. at Arizona, uh, he's been really, really good on that side of the ball as the head coach. He was the head coach there from 2004 to 2008 and led him to be in contention for the FCS national title before they made the move to FBS football in Division One. 
So he's a, he's a really good football coach. Uh, they're good on defense. They've got a guy in the middle by the name of Billy Wooden. He's a 300-pound nose guard that makes a ton of plays, number 42. They'll be stout schematically because Coach Brown's a good coach, and uh, we've got a great challenge, and I'm excited to go uh, see what our football team can do in Amherst, Massachusetts. And that's a one thirty Mountain Time kickoff ESPN Plus, so you will be able to follow along with this game. Encourage you to do so, Lobos and the UMass Minutemen. As we're talking to Lobo football coach Danny Gonzalez here on Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And coach, you told us Saturday in the post game that the guys would be ready to come back to work on Sunday, put this one behind them, get ready for UMass. What does that look like when you want them to really – have that mentality of, of we're coming back the next day, even after a, a tough loss, ready to work. What does that look like for you, and, and how did that play out in the last couple of days? Well, that was very uh, a very emotional day. Um, we put a lot into that, and it didn't come out the way we wanted, obviously, so there were, those guys were hurt. But you have no choice. You only get 12 guaranteed opportunities. You have to put that one behind you. They came in the next day uh, pretty quiet and somber. We got in the weight room. Uh, we met, did meetings, started moving forward on UMass, and all that stuff was good. We guys got to continue to have that attitude that it's, it's the next one you turned on, whether you win, lose at three o'clock the next day, you move on to the next one. There were a handful of of choppy moments and and long stoppages over a course of a game. I know you're not going to use that as, as as an excuse, but you know maybe make, maybe tough to make uh, keep things in rhythm, not even just getting in rhythm. As far as the run game and the pass game, both coach. Where were you at with that as far as the rhythm you guys were able to to hold on to in, in trying to go down the field, even if it wasn't resulting in points necessarily? I thought in the, I thought in the first half we did a really good job of controlling the clock. We moved the ball. I mean, outside of that turnover, uh, we did a really good job of, of controlling that methodically. I mean, we were up 3-0. We had a chance to be up by significantly more than that. Um, but we didn't capitalize when we had those opportunities. And then in the second half, we got a little bit behind the clock because of where the clock, where the game was at that moment. So we had to pick it up a little bit. But I thought Dylan did a nice job moving that. I mean, the, the new clock rules have slowed the game down a little bit. And when you get behind, it hurts. Yeah, go into that a little bit more, if you would. We haven't talked about that with you here here on the show. That you know the, the new rule where the clock does not stop after first downs only in the last two minutes of each half. So for for you, for the coaching staff, for the players, I mean, for for the players certainly, th- this is totally new to them. They haven't known anything otherwise. So what kind of a, an adjustment has it been, Coach? You know, it's all about what the key moment of the game is. I mean, as a defense guy, it doesn't bother me. It'd be a sixty minute running clock, that'd be fine. It wouldn't be as entertaining for people, but. You just have to keep an idea of what, I mean, if you're ahead, you're going to continue to use it. Uh, the teams that want to get 100 plays are going to go as fast as they can the entire day. We're going to keep our normal operation procedure uh, as long as we're not behind. If we're behind, obviously, you have to pick it up. But it hasn't made a great impact yet um, because of the, the, the way the games are played. It affected us more Saturday because we were behind in a close game. But the opportunities to stop the clock are still there if you get out of bounds. That clock's been moving uh, forward. The incomplete passes, it doesn't start again. The first downs is the biggest one. Up until two minutes, the first down doesn't stop the clock, which traditionally it has, and that can save you a bunch of time. It's actually probably cost eight to 12 plays a game as opposed to the six to seven that they thought. Certainly you won't know until the guys get on the field Saturday against UMass, Coach, but just as far as what's been going on uh, since the game Saturday, the last couple of days in practice, are, are you getting the sense that, that the safeties that got tested a bunch by uh, by Diego Pavia, by the receivers, are you getting the sense that they 
kind of understand what what needs to be corrected going into UMass? Well, I think they know the problem. Uh, obviously, practicing against guys that we practice against. I mean, we practice against the first offense a little bit here and there. Uh, they've done a good job there. The biggest thing is if Tavian Combs is healthy and Christian Ellis is on the field uh, and Noah Paul Gates, we're significantly better off with that experience. Those guys have played well. We just haven't had them on the field at the same time consistently for a three-game period. So I, that's who, who we plan on starting on Saturday. If they can stay healthy, you should see improvement in that room. And then Aaron and Jamarius and Hunter Wiggins just need to come along with experience as they get it. We're talking to Lobo football coach Danny Gonzalez here on Team Talk. Joins us every Wednesday right around 5 o'clock. Obviously very different from college to the NFL coach, but I, I want you to listen to something. I'm curious how how play calling has, has developed now with you know so many of these offensive minds and, and guys who are trying to find little intricacies along the way. Joe actually brought this to my attention on Monday, uh, sent me this little play call here, just one play from Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback of the Jaguars. Hey, long call, comfy left, zoom, buster, 63, bang, Z Maui, alert, Paradise Z Burger Y Rap on one. That I mean, that's just one play, Coach. And I know you have you know you have Coach Brian Vincent. You have your your assistants. You have your offensive coordinator. You have your play caller who's handling a lot of that. But just over the years of of you know being around college football, how have you seen some of that uh, develop and and just and just change over the years to the point where I mean, I I I've heard that ten times or by now, and I still can't repeat it back. And that's one play. Well, you you uh, you heard the word alert in there. That's become a big thing in in college football and the NFL. Uh, that's multiple plays on that call on that call right there. I mean, you've got this. If they come out in a certain formation or they give you a certain look, that alert tells you that you're going to do this. So there's a lot of that. You see a lot of them wearing wristbands. Some some uh, teams have receivers wear wristbands too, so they can just signal a number, and all those calls are on there. Uh, that is not uncommon. Our offense is the exact same way. I mean, some of those calls, I just, I just look at them and, and smile. I mean, you see those guys, the signalers, signaling those calls. It's about 20 signals, and the quarterback's deciphering all that stuff. So that's just common, common day football. Coach Gonzalez, uh, I know the result isn't what we wanted from the game on Saturday, but I'll tell you the re- results that came in for the uh, buddy walk uh, to um, – uh, to promote the Rio Grande Down Syndrome Network was off the charts. Over $125,000 were raised. You couldn't be over there. I saw your wife floating around. Um, she probably reported back to you. Uh, vendors everywhere, way more walkers than they even could have hoped for. Uh, that turned into just uh, one of the better events ever tied into a local football game that I've ever been around, Coach. Oh, well, it was great, and I really appreciate the, you guys and your radio station and Scott Grady putting it on the billboards and getting the information out there. Uh, it was an op- awesome opportunity for the Real Grand Down Syndrome Network. That $128,000 goes to educational opportunities for the pe- for individuals with Down Syndrome and their families. It goes to just awareness, inspiration, and then our big thing, inclusion. We just want, want people to know that our children like that are more alike than different. You don't need to diagnose them or define them by their diagnosis. You just have to understand that we're all in this together. Uh, they can work with us. We can work together with each other. Uh, more alike than different. And that'll be our, our push until the day I'm not here. You got it. And uh, tomorrow night, Salt Yard West, I guess. Uh, unbelievable. You, we anticipated a huge, huge uh, crowd uh, last week for the Aggie game, but uh, been very successful at the uh, Salt Yard West over here on Ellison, right at the base of Rio Rancho, Coach G. 
Oh, it'll it'll be a great night again. It was a great crowd last week, even with the rain. 49ers and Giants tomorrow night, so they'll have that game on. Uh, coach Blankenship, our offensive line coach, and Tito Stafford, our, our one of our old linemen, will be on the radio show tomorrow night. So it'll be a lot of fun activities, festivities. The food is great. We'll talk about our game against UMass coming up and all the exciting future of local football. All right, Coach. All right, well, uh, good luck with everything. Long trip. Hopefully we come back uh, two and two. And appreciate you joining us here on Team Talk, Coach G. No worries. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Go Lobos. You got it. All right. Coming up next, the top five. There is an eighth-year player in college football this year, and he already has his sights set on a ninth year. We'll tell you who that is and what school we're talking about when we come back in the top five. I'm Joe O'Neill. That's Sam Hauser, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team.